0: Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Today's episode of Channel 33 is brought to you by
1: SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor for my podcast, as well as the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. With just two taps on your phone, you can instantly buy
0: SeatGeek tickets to an event, and you can enter that event just using your phone. No paper tickets. Drop your old ticket app. Use one that's built for 2016. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And now, without further ado, here is the Masked Man, David Shoemaker. Welcome to the Masked Man Show, the first show of 2017. Probably the biggest year in wrestling history, but I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Dave Schilling, how you doing today, man? Good, man. We it this is like we we started off yesterday emailing about what we were going to talk about and it was all just sort of like loose and and I don't know I didn't really know what if there was a lot of things to hang this on but we've got we suddenly it feels like we have too much to talk about. We've got um we've got a big smackdown we'll talk about that but we'll we'll talk about uh, there uh, there was a new WWE network show with some radio disc jockey that was hosting some it some guy i've never heard we'll, of before. We'll talk about that later. Um, Raw is like well the road to to the Royal Rumble is is uh, is has begun and and the road road to WrestleMania uh, by proxy I guess and uh, there's you know a couple a little bit of out of the ring stuff too there's uh, we'll, we'll, we can't we can't have an episode of the Masked Man Show where we don't talk about Paige and Alberto Del Rio so we'll get into some of that too um, but let's just like jump right in because it's the freshest thing in our minds we have a new Intercontinental Champion. And I think more importantly than anything else, it feels like it feels like a the first time I've, I would have ever said we have a new Intercontinental Champion and let's lead the show with it.
1: Right. I mean, it felt like a big moment on, on SmackDown. That was an awesome show, top, top to bottom. Top to bottom. Yeah. Maybe the Natalia uh, Nikki Bella segment could have been better, but that's a nitpick for a show that there was expertly constructed, built to an exciting finish yeah. with a hot crowd. That's all I want from wrestling. Yeah. They gave it to me. Um, SmackDown's just been tearing it up. And, and like I said, we'll talk
0: about this This uh, take it to the tape, whatever the WWE Network show is. Bring now. it to the table. Bring it to the table. Yeah. The table. Yeah. Uh, but they talked about the Raw versus SmackDown stuff on there. SmackDown's really been been stepping it up. I think they, did they beat Raw in the ratings? Is Last week it, for it? Yeah. the scene in return. Yeah. Um, I got. I was telling you before the show. I like. I skipped it because of the holidays. Uh, SmackDown last week and just kind of just forgot that I hadn't watched it and was so into the show last night that I, I mean I, I like I started the show a little bit in eagerly re- you know started it back over went back and watched last week. Um, it's it like SmackDown is just firing on all on all cylinders right now and part of it's like we keep saying it they have less to work with and so they make everything matter in just a really cool way.
1: I, the the best example of them making chicken salad out of chicken shit, I can curse. I forgot. Yeah. Is Calisto coming out to save Dolph Ziggler? Yeah. Remember, Calisto and Baron Corbin had an angle. Yeah. Of course he would come out. Sure. And of course then you use him to trigger the Dolph Ziggler heel turn. It's like everything is connected. Yeah. Like it's writing amazing. is supposed to. Such work. a good
0: segment. I mean, listen. the the one thing I always mi- like, there's always the joke about people will joke online, like, why isn't anybody helping Roman Reigns? So he doesn't have any friends, or like, whatever. And 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 I prefer the world we live in now with shades of gray. and It's not just the the babyface locker room and the heel locker room. But man, do I miss those scenes growing up and like watching Memphis wrestling. Where like they'd let the beatdown go on for three minutes, and then literally every babyface in the locker room would come out, yep. you know, and, and break things up. I love. I mean, it's just. It does. It's a certain like connectivity that that it does. It feels like we're lacking at times.
1: Um, do you have thoughts on Carmel'sworth? I think it's a good use of both of them. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's I, the appropriate response. I was super out on Ellsworth, and you can go back and listen to archives of this podcast, and you can hear As people me. often do. I, I hope so. Uh, and you can hear me slagging off James Ellsworth, yeah. but the heel turn and the way that they sort of face him out of that main event program, I thought was excellent. Uh, I think they're using him well. He adds a little spice to Carmella that's not already there. Yeah. Um, obviously, we don't buy the romance angle because it's James Ellsworth, so it adds another layer of heel heat to Carmella sure. because she's manipulating this goofball who has no self awareness. I think it's really well done. Yeah, no, it, it's good. I mean, I, I I did um
0: I did a year a giant year in column last uh, last week, I guess, um, which everybody should check out. It's really amazing. I did my top matches of the year. Top feuds of the year, and you know, really focused in on 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 the feuds. But but Ellsworth was my rookie of the year, and I thought, or I or he was he was in the running, you know, and, and I thought it was just undeniable. Like he gets a good promo. What he did with what he was has been given.
1: He got over in a squash match, and he was the one getting squashed. Yeah, it's hard to to deny that guy's ability to be a wrestler, and the way that they've. You know, I mean, I think in
0: retrospect, even people, even the Ellsworth haters out there, won't mind his placement in the in the in the you know main event picture that much because of what SmackDown has to work with. You know, it's just they're shuffling the deck chairs, but they it's like this isn't a deck; it's a rowboat. You know, I mean, they have they don't have that many options, and uh, and just the you know the the ability to keep it fresh um, has been pretty impressive. But to take to take Dean Ambrose to bring this full circle to take Dean Ambrose from the anchor of the show the number one draft pick for SmackDown um, and you know at some point you have to remove him from the title picture but to put him in an intercontinental an intercontinental title feud and to have it feel so vital just shows I mean Daniel Bryan talked about it on Talking Smack but the fact that that match was the main event instead of the contract signing um, was just amazing I mean it was it just made it feel that much more important and I, I mean, we, you know, Wrestle Kingdom happened uh, last night. I mean, we we were watching Wrestle Kingdom matches before we went on the air, and and the and we were talking about how you know in the main event you you it's you, you kind of know going in that the baby face is going to win. Not all the time, but but you know, I really I thought that there was no way I thought there was no way that that, that Ambrose would win that match last night. Um, which might have been naive of me. It might have been... I wasn't thinking that hard about it. I was just there in the moment. I like, this is going to set up a future match, which will matter, matter more. But I feel like when you know... When you feel like you know the outcome, they can play with your emotions so much differently. In this case, they flipped the script on me anyway. Um, but, man, just to see him win... Like, it's him winning and, and doing the Seth Rollins slash Roddy Piper built spin thing and... and uh it just felt like the biggest win of his career. Weirdly, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, more, more so
1: than uh, than Money in the Bank for some reason. But I think what we always forget about with wrestling, and it's the most vital part of professional wrestling, is a personal f- like issue. As Jr. always says, between a babyface and a heel, uh, and then they fight over that personal issue, yeah. and they built an angle. Granted, it's another angle about. Uh, my girlfriend and your wife and they don't like each other and sexual innuendo and stuff, but it's an issue that seems like it's got legitimate heat to it. Yeah, And they wrestled a fairly stiff match last night. Oh, yeah. They weren't holding back. Even The Miz, who is notoriously the you know the the, the feather bed of WWE, right. was laying in his stuff. And it made the match more exciting. The near falls worked really well. And it all goes back to the fact that they seem like they legitimately don't like each other. And The Miz being an effective heel because he's not trying to get cheap, like, jokey heat. I
0: think the, the best compliment I can pay this is that there would be, there's a version of this reality where we're spending this segment complaining about bringing Renee Young into the storyline because of, like, wrestling logistical logic purposes or whatever, and like, it just, it, I have no complaints. It just It felt so urgent. Yeah. and real and sort of like there was no reason to not do it you know and it rem- I, it, it, they it just they
1: just pulled it off it reminded me of of Flair Savage Wrestlemania 8 not as mm. good of a match not as big of a stage but the way that they set it up and the way that the, the heat seemed legitimate was reminiscent of that
0: yeah I think that that's I think that's interesting um, I was just watching Wrestlemania 6 so I I have you know Andre the Giant can't walk. Is what I'm thinking of. Was that wait? Was that six? No, no, that
1: was. Uh, yeah, he was at six. He was. I don't think he wrestled at seven. I'm um, watching all the Royal Rumbles on the network right now, and uh, I don't. I can't think about WrestleManias too much.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I watched all. We'll talk about the Royal Rumbles at the at the end, at the end to close out the show. But uh, yeah, it's WrestleMania six. Was Andre Jake Robert. and Andre was at the point where he just couldn't like he, like I I was watching with Famed Agent Brian Dipperstein and I was just like watch how many steps Andre can take without holding the ropes or his opponent and the answer was like 3 you know what I mean it's yeah. it was really sad um sorry to bring things down we will talk about Royal Rumbles uh at the at the end of the show because it's it's that time of year and it's it's getting exciting yeah um but yeah I mean so we had we have the Miz and Maurice I mean Maurice, I probably should have talked about more in my in my year in column. She's the secret MVP. You know, I mean, she. I don't. I don't know. She, she's the she's the the basketball glue guy of pro wrestling. Something that <laughs> she came back and the Miz became one of the best five wrestlers in WWE. I mean, it was just crazy.
1: It was immediate. Yeah, as soon as he got the title from Zack Ryder on that Raw, yeah. after uh, WrestleMania, and she like slapped him or something, whatever she did to to cost Ryder the belt. It seemed like he either got more comfortable with himself having his wife back on the road, Mm -hmm. or the writers just got more interested in him, or he decided to work harder because he knew something was coming. But he's a totally different character, and going back and watching WrestleMania 27 or whatever it was, and him main eventing, and just the way he carries himself is different, and the way that he looks is different. the way that he works his matches is different. He's great, and and Maurice is a hundred percent a big part of it.
0: Yeah, it's been really
1: great. Well, uh, they're, for,
0: go moving you know deftly from one real life relationship uh, in the wrestling world to another. Um, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I know what's coming, and I the eyes are just like Ugh. Jim. Jim Cunningham, my my able producer on this show was sending me links of stuff to talk about yesterday and the the Alberto Del Rio and Paige stuff starts showing up. I guess this is relevant to Monday Night Raw because there was all these like, you know, tweets and rumors flying around because Paige was there to get some sort of, you know, physical or whatever. Um I'm 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 incre- like I am simultaneously Uncomfortable and totally enwrapped in the fact that or in the question of whether or not they're just keeping her employed for the sake of total divas
1: because she's a huge part of those promos which aired like so many times during WWE programming this last week. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I mean,
0: and also, I mean, yeah, I mean, who knows? The, Del, but there's so much weird stuff. Del Rio seemed to Del, Del Rio was. Page was on was it raw on Monday. Del Rio is like getting arrested in Europe somewhere. Um Del Rio subsequently tweeted that he's pregnant, which just sort of set the uh sort of set the, you know, the online comment commentariat into a tizzy. No, we don't know if that means Paige is pregnant or if he's just totally messing with us, but probably the latter. Um it's just it's just such a weird, weird world. Paige is those like posing with her wedding ring or
1: engagement ring. I mean, it's there's just I I don't even know. It's so blatant that it feels like a wrestling angle, but we know it's not. Well, it could be, I guess. I don't don't know. They've done an interesting job of blurring the lines between kayfabe and and reality with Talking Smack and and now with this new show with with Rosenberg that it could be. I don't know. It just feels so tawdry and sad that I don't want it to be.
0: But we're in this. We we are in a world, and we keep talking about it. Where like the stuff that happens that's not part of an angle, I think because of the fact that we 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 feel confident that it's not part of an angle. It's like the misdirection that I felt in the Ambrose match. It makes it so much more compelling, right? I mean, like my favorite thing, and I th- I mean I've been a, I've been a proponent of the Sheamus Cesaro storyline, you know, in, in to, to a limited degree. But my favorite thing Sheamus has done over the past six months is. Like post that photo the other day of him with uh, with Barrett and Drew McIntyre or you know for, the former Drew McIntyre just like hanging out and I was just like oh man oh if that were a storyline like if they would only come back and help you know whatever like that that it's just that stuff that happens online that you that you're confident it isn't part of the storyline is a better storyline
1: yeah there was a photo circulating from the Misses New Year's party. And Cody Rhodes was there. And I was like, oh, Cody Rhodes. Wouldn't it be great if he was, like, tag teaming with The Miz or something? Instead of wrestling cage matches with Kurt Angle or whatever? Uh, yeah. I mean, more power to Cody Rhodes. I love Cody Rhodes. Uh, I just wish he would come back. Because I think that he, under the right circumstances, would be great. But those are the things that, that marks like us, you know, talk about all the time. Is like, what if, what if, what
0: if? The Cody thing is interesting. I mean, I... I I, I can't. I, I feel like he's he'll be back. So it's so I don't even get he'll that anxious back. waiting yeah. for. I mean, let him go out and have some fun. Let everybody, let all the wrestling fans in America see him wrestle in a gym somewhere because it's like it's it's
1: fun. Like that's an experience. Yeah, you know? and it's sort of like instead of going back to NXT and that visual of him being demoted, he gets to go out and tour and basically workshop what his next gimmick is going to be. Yeah and it's i think it's great for wrestlers to be able to do that but then you know we we sit here talking about like is del rio working us is is cody working us who's working us that kind of thing it's an interesting place to be in because we know so much about wrestlers now
0: <laughs> the uh yeah it's totally true if you were a conspiracy theorist you you would think that maybe this like co that cody is like the manchurian candidate <laughs> Who's going to like just take just take over the indies for WWE the way they're like trying to take over UK wrestling with this with this uh, new tournament they're having? You what? mean
1: how Vince sent uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall to exactly? WCW. That's exactly what I yeah
0: <laughs> yeah um, yeah. I mean WWE's expansion. I'm I'm writing about this. I think next week, but W or week whatever after the UK tournament. So that that's happening next weekend. Yeah. So I guess week after next. But the but yeah, WWE's just like unlimited expansion at this point is sort of crazy. It, crazy mostly because it's just happening before our eyes and sort of later than it should have happened if yeah. they were going to do
1: it. But I think the, the reason why they needed to do it now is they've established the network as a presence, mm-hmm. as a thing that people want to have. There's a, a, a big enough library to where it's, it's sellable just to people like us who want to watch old wrestling. But now what they have to do is put programming on the network that is specific to each territory. So there's gonna be, after the UK thing, a Chinese show, there's gonna be probably a Japanese show if they're ready to go up against New Japan or whatever. Um, Uh, We'll see how long that takes.
0: That's a ways off.
1: Indian wrestling, there's gonna be every sort of big country that they can expand the network into is gonna get its own show at some point, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, and they're running the – I mean, if you want to be, again, a conspiracy theorist, they're running in the UK basically like they did when they were trying to kill all the territories yep. in the 80s where they're just like, like they're counter-programming against another big show and they're, you know, making all the talent sign these uh, – and this is, again, uh, you know, the, just what I'm reading online, but making the talent seemingly sign contracts that don't prohibit them from doing anything but might be prohibiting them <laughs> from doing the big things, you yeah. know? Yeah. Regal said they're not they're not prohibited from doing anything, but that seems a little bit. I mean, it seems just why like why sign the contract? You know, like it's
1: it's just sort of crazy. Um, it's curious timing that this was announced not long after the ITV World of Sport sure. thing. You know, and that's like this is a, a first shot at and
0: World of Sport. I mean, as if, I mean, you know, I'm sure most wrestling fans are familiar with it, but like after the demise of WCW and ECW, whatever, I mean, World of Sport is like one of the only name brands that could actually, that actually has any meaning on the level of WWE anywhere else in the world. I mean, right. uh, with the exception in of New Japan, Japan and like the existing companies, um, it's like they could, that could actually, you know, you could put on a, I mean, they did, they put on a World of Sport show and you know, um, people watched. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, we don't. Wrestle Kingdom was, is is still blurry in my mind, and you know, I don't think there's any way WWE could ever work, you know, work Japan on that level. Although, you know, watching Kenny o, Kenny Omega and Okada, you're just you're just like, I wonder what these guys would look like in WWE. You know, it's a totally different world. But it's funny is, like you know we provincial Americans are just like well someday they, like they'll sign Okada soon right he's got the size he's got the ability he's got the look but like why would he want to leave you know I mean we get you you have a basketball podcast I get into these arguments with people all the time about basketball free agency where it's just like well obviously KD will want to go to you know fill in the blank or whatever whoever the free agent is and it's right. like what if they just like like their neighborhood you know <laughs> or like what you know what or what if they want to leave because you know they just like. Like met a girl in another city or something, you know. Like it's there, there's so many reasons. I don't, I'm going I, off way off script. Here, I think huh? the
1: one difference between, um, you know, Okada going to WWE or Kenny Omega or whatever, and KD going to the Warriors is it's not like if KD goes to the Warriors he has to play on courts where the the hoop is a little bit higher, or he 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 can't uh, dunk or something. You know, there there's sure. so many things that. And we watched those clips of that match where the, those are there, there are spots that you would never see in WWE because of neck trauma concerns, head trauma concerns, people just not working stiff that way and Vince not liking it. Um, you know, it's, it just seems like there are some people who would rather stick around and get to be able to throw potatoes every once in a while. I have more to say about, uh, about non-WWE work rate uh,
0: in just a second, but before we get on to Raw, uh let's uh, have a quick word from our sponsor today's episode of the masked man show is brought to you by bachelor party uh that's right just like the tv show the ringer network's companion podcast bachelor party is back on channel 33 the ringer's podcast feed uh you can join the ringer's Juliet litman every week for a breakdown of the latest episode people always ask me why the masked man show doesn't have its own feed and this is why because the bachelor party podcast is the closest thing to the masked man show you could ever possibly imagine if you're not watching reality tv um, in the same way that you're watching pro wrestling,
1: uh, there's something wrong with you. Absolutely. I mean, I think that there should be some WWE wrestler who does The Bachelor one day. Oh, God,
0: I'd be so into that. You can listen to The Bachelor Party on The Ringer's Channel 33 podcast feed on iTunes by going to iTunes.com slash The Ringer or find us anywhere you ever get podcasts. You know how to get it, right? It's on right before this on the Channel 33 feed. And it's uh, it's honestly my favorite, my favorite Channel 33 podcast uh, after my own. Which I never listened to.
1: I also agree. Juliet does a great job. Um,
0: she's got some really cool guests this season. Um, back to the pro wrestling angle. Actually, we do need a pro wrestler on the on the Bachelor. A hundred percent. But the question is, who would it be?
1: Like Dolph Ziggler? Yeah, that he he's got the look, he's got the charm. He's as far as I know still single. Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but we'll. Well, you know. well yeah, of course, we don't, we don't actually know if he's he's uh, single or not. I don't want to spread that rumor, but I would watch Dolph Ziggler on The Bachelor.
0: Yeah, hoof, wrestling bachelor rankings. This could be a whole column. I'll leave that one to you. I won't take that idea. All right. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, so you're talking about moves in that, that you know Kata can do that he's never going to do in WWE like what like there that's that's always a conversation. I remember I talked to Seth Rollins a long time ago, a year or two ago. Um interviewed him for for a column I think back at Grantland and and he told me he was never he had never been told he couldn't do a move mm. in his, in his time in WWE. Now, you know, does that include the pile driver? <laughs> well, I'm get maybe maybe the may he he uh, yeah, he did not specify, right. but uh you know, and, and you're always getting worked when you talk to wrestlers, right? Yeah. Clearly, he's working a different style. And mm-hmm. maybe it's just they told him the things he should do and that, you know, necessarily exempted other things. Um, but, but but you know, in his in his pre, pre-injury, pre uh, Rollins was doing stuff that no one had ever done in WWE before. I mean, that was just the sort of breathtaking thing about watching him. Not just the curb stomp, but the, the, the buckle bomb. And just his whole moveset just seemed a few degrees off. In, in a way that, you know... Kevin Owens is doing a lot of stuff you would have never expected him to do, but but his feels more sort of more firmly ensconced in the WWE style than Rollins sometimes did. But Rollins now is a totally different wrestler. Watching watching him on Raw, uh, man, I was it's like it's like
1: he's moving in slow motion. It's it does feel that way, but that show feels like it's moving in slow motion sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, that's an interesting that's an interesting point. I mean, it's it's just, I just like. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, like it's like he is doing. He, he's like taken on the worst of the Ambrose style, sort of. Where you see, I mean, and literally, like if you think about what I, what I've said about Ambrose and even people like the Miz, those two guys had an incredible match together and have great chemistry. Um, even like my beloved Becky Lynch has a little bit of this. Like the diff, like, there's this the 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 difference between like an a plus all-time wrestler and someone who's just below is that you can you there's like this the split second where you see them making a decision to do a move sort of you mm-hmm. know and ambrose sort of had does that to a comical extent at his worst <laughs> yeah um but it feels like Ra- and i it feels like Rollins has has just acquired some of that and i hope to god he hasn't like gotten the yips from you know injuring people in the ring and being scared you know it's it's just he sort of must crazy.
1: have i mean it, it would weigh on my conscience if oh, i of course. if i injured someone you know in the ring or in in any sort of uh, situation but i also think it's different for him because now he's working babyface he's not 100%. running the matches yeah he's the one you know doing the comebacks and all that stuff so it's it's just a different way for him to to react to his opponent Uh, So I think there's there's something to be said there. I don't think his babyface run has been particularly effective, but I also don't know if that's just because he's been working this whole time against two comedy heels. Yeah. You know, Kevin Owens, I love Kevin Owens. He's my favorite male wrestler. You know, my favorite wrestler is Sasha Banks. But in terms of just, like, the male workers, he's my favorite. But unfortunately, most of the work that he's been doing has been, like, making people laugh in some ways in a lot of ways roman reigns
0: is the perfect baby face if you want to call him that foil to to owens and jericho just because he's a straight man right like he you can make fun of him i mean they can talk they can talk shit to him and the and the crowd's kind of into it you know and like he's not trying like yeah it's it's just a it's it's not a it's not as weird a fit as rollins i think you're totally right about that um but yeah i mean i think that I mean, yeah, I I think that—I am not. I don't want to dog on Rollins. I have no doubt that, like, this is a minor blip in his, Absolutely, yeah. you know, great career. And it's crazy to think that he's, what, four years in? I mean, and he's he's as established as he could possibly be.
1: Yeah, he was just put in a tough spot. I mean, I think—I don't think the plan was ever to turn him face. Uh, I think, you know, after injuring Finn Balor, uh, they decided to do that. And so you combine him injuring Finn at SummerSlam— and then being put in the situation that he wasn't necessarily pre- prepared for, that wasn't something the writers were prepared for, it's just like a rough place for him to be in. And he's done as well as he could. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Finn, interesting that you brought him up. Um, there have been,
0: he, he's, he tweets cryptically more than he tweets straightforwardly, but tweeted some stuff that made people think that he was on his way back to the ring. Um, so when he got injured, it looked like the timetable for recovery was a Royal Rumble return. Yeah. And we are fully set. We're like fully gearing up on Raw, at least for the Royal Rumble. Um, I guess SmackDown has its first entrant now too, but but Raw is the Raw is the seat of Royal Rumble uh, preparation right now. And we got that. We got that. You know, I thought a really effective show closing segment where uh, you know Goldberg came out, and then and then Reigns came out, and then Braun Strowman came out. I mean, Braun Strowman's another one where, like without even, I wasn't even paying attention and
1: he's like a legit
0: main eventer and I'm all in <laughs> on it.
1: You know, like, uh, it's that, it's really strange. That match with Sami Zayn was awesome. Yeah. It was, a, it was, it felt like an Attitude Era match, which I know we throw that sort of, that phrase around a lot of, oh, it reminds me of the Attitude Era and sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, but this was the best part of the Attitude Era and then the match, you didn't know how it was going to end. Uh, I think the end maybe wasn't as effective as it could have been, but he just beat the crap out of Sami Zayn. And every single move looked like it hurt. And Sammy sold it super well. And I believe in Braun Strowman as a monster. Yeah. Which has not been the case in years when WWE the Umagas and, and the, the Lashleys of the world didn't get over as monsters really the way that they should have I was
0: googling I was googling for pictures of Braun Strowman without a beard and there, <laughs> there's some of them are out there uh-huh. but for but weirdly like a lot of the pictures that came up in the Google image search were pictures of Snitsky
1: <laughs> and and now I can't get that comparison oh, out of my head man the Snitsky Heidenreich era in WWE is a dark time yeah yeah it sure is
0: um yeah, I mean, it's just that match. I'll just just agree, formally agree with your with your assessment of that match. It was really fun, and it was exactly what needed to happen. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just one of those instances of WWE just booking it exactly the right way, like no frills. I mean, frills in the sense that you know it was a brutal match that was really cool. Um, I love when they go backstage well because of the you know the attitude era thing it's a nice 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 change of pace but i love watching it and because i just love listening to the way the crowd reacts because there's the moments where they're just li- the crowd literally can't see them right. you know like when they're when they're in the tunnel or whatever and like the camera works a little bit dark um just to hear like the kind of waves of the crowd as they come in and out from backstage uh, it's just, yeah it was a it, it was a really fun match and and i think that you know it's going to be interesting what they, to see what they do with Sammy from here. Yeah, um, he's sort of in an interesting position where he's like a like he is. He's he's almost untouchable in the spot that he's at. Like he could lose all of his matches and still be what Sami Zayn is right now, um, but. With the exception of him feuding with Kevin Owens over the title belt, I, it's hard to imagine what the trajectory of him into the main event is right now. Not saying he can't get there, but it's not as A to B as as you can fantasy book all these other people. Right. You know?
1: I think there's got to be a U.S. title run for him once Roman Reigns decides to loosen his grip on that belt. Yeah. Um, I thought he was going to drop it. I, I, maybe <laughs> I, I mean, thought he was going
0: to drop it on Monday. Like I just oh, thought that Jericho. Thought, yeah,
1: I thought that that was going to that, that was the move. It would have been nice. I mean, it just it seems like such a waste of that belt. Well, I will unless say the he's moment, not going over after
0: the match right, when he held up the title, or or maybe when he came out later in the night when he held up the title. It really felt like it. It was. It, it, I don't know. I mean, it, it was a small thing, and it wasn't like Dean winning the IC title felt like a big deal. But it, you know, it does sort of give a little bit of credibility to at this point. Roman Reigns is feuding in the main event, and he's holding up, he's proudly holding up the U.S. title.
1: Like that's something. Yeah, I just wish that it was a prop and a storyline as opposed to just a thing that he carries around. You know what I mean?
0: Totally legit. But back so back to that that show closing segment. Um, they're talking, you know, we've there's the John Cena. Well, okay, there's the Undertaker is coming back next next week on Raw. Shawn Michaels presumably is just back to pimp this new movie that he's in yeah Um, and to sell tickets to the Royal Rumble I'm sure but we've got we've got Goldberg we've got Brock we've got you know Roman Reigns like all these people are in the ring the great you know everybody talks about the big pops I've written about it I ranked the greatest pops in Royal Rumble history um, a while back but uh, but you know, one of the coolest things is it that the Royal Rumble has it, are the stare downs, the unlikely stare downs, or like the or the setting up the WrestleMania feud stare downs. I mean, I, I was going just going through after that, just trying to think. I mean, they're having Goldberg and Reign stare like go nose to nose was kind of a cool moment.
1: Mm-hmm. You agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's they use that segment not only to sell Goldberg and Lesnar meeting in the Royal Rumble. And to to sell sort of the main event title angle, but yeah. also for Goldberg to sort of like give rubs here and there to all of these guys, where Owens finally gets serious and throws all the furniture, and is like I'm gonna I can beat you up. Yeah. And then the 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 rain stare down, and then them spearing, uh, doing the joint spear on on Strowman. Those are the things that that make Goldberg useful down the road, or not even down the road, but now. Uh, for the guys who are going to be around in six months. Yeah. Because we all know Goldberg is not going to be on Raw every week ever. ever he just had his 50th birthday. Happy birthday, yeah, Mr. Mazel tov to Goldberg. But he's never going to be that guy. So he has to, in the time that he is in WWE, make those dudes legitimate stars on his level. And I think they did a pretty good job of that. I don't know if them spearing uh, Strowman was the best choice after they spent all that time building him up as a monster to knock him down like that. Oh come on,
0: Reigns and Goldberg. <laughs> no, that means those two guys could spear totally. It was like, them North together Korea into the water. Man, I know.
1: I just don't want to see him on his ass that much. I guess that's all. It's a it's a minor quibble. Yeah, but just those guys working with Goldberg as opposed to as you always say, him existing in a different universe great you know that's what we need that's what that's what the the, um, Reigns is and Owens is and Rollins of the world need is
0: to interact with these people are there any other matchups I mean like are there any other, like, stare-downs in the Rumble that would really get you excited, that you can predict? Now, obviously, you can't predict everything. Sure, because we don't know exactly who's going to be in it. I think everybody's going to be. Even the people with matches are probably going to be in the Rumble.
1: Yeah, but they probably have enough star power just to be like, Owens, oh, so you don't need to be in this. You're the champion. And Reigns, you don't need to be in this. And, but we'll see. I mean, I well, think Undertaker staring down anybody. Just, like, the idea of the Undertaker being in the Rumble, which is is likely. So Undertaker and Lesnar... Undertaker and Goldberg, Undertaker and Baron Corbin. Yeah. Like, that's a guy who needs to look strong next to all three of those dudes. And they did a good job of, of making him look strong with Cena. And they, they have the Cena match next week with Corbin. Uh, that's what I want to see is like the new class of wrestlers interacting with the superstars, the super, superstars.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I hope so that's why I hope they get a bunch of the, the the legacy stars into the Rumble. I mean, that's Brian Daniel Bryan cut a nice promo on returning stars on Talking Smack. Um and uh, you know, I think all that's legitimate, but the Rumble is like the best possible use of them. Just yeah. to have those have those moments and to have them in semi-organic moments, not like the WrestleMania, you know, we're going to have Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and Shawn Michaels and Mick Foley come out and beat up some, yeah, do some their, current guys, do their
1: finishers and go home kind of thing. Yeah, uh,
0: um, I'd be really, I, I'm like, I'm I, the 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 baby face. Okay, so now we have baby face versus baby face stare downs. I think are, are a really cool category. I think that if Finn does come back, you know, whether or not it's in the Rumble, but the, the whatever the first Finn Rollins interaction is is going to be really intriguing. Um, even like, you know, we have like the the we have the. The we have indie history together category is really great too, you know. Like, pre- presumably, or just NXT, whatever. But, like, you know, Owens and Finn Balor staring each other down, uh, they don't even have to go right in, you know, they don't have to brawl, you know. There have that, there's the little there could be a little mutual respect there, or whatever. You know, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting things, and then now we have the Raw versus SmackDown stare down, yeah. right? So, like, anybody. Any but like Bray Wyatt versus any of the main eventers on Raw is suddenly interesting again. Yeah, right. Because he's well, I mean, he's the Bray Wyatt's the king of the stare down, or you know. But like, like I, I don't know. I'm just I, I think there's there's lots of cool things. Do we even talk about the tag team title switch by the way? Not yet. All right. Speaking well,
1: of tag teams, I just want to say another category of Rumble Stare Down that I think I love is when it's. Two or three people who are friends yes. who are like, oh, we're the last people in. We have to fight. So I, there's got to be a spot where the New Day is by themselves, and they have to they have to wrestle each I mean, other. That's
0: what the New Day needs. That sort of I don't think they should break up. I keep no, saying no, it, but, but they do not. need. But that that kind of moment would be some tension. Some yeah. tension would be cool. Um, yeah, didn't they start with Ax and Smash one year? Wasn't that yeah, like they the, did. one of the first Royal yeah, Rumbles? I think it 90, 90 or eighty nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean that's always just exciting, you know? And yeah. especially when
1: it's guys like that where it's like,
0: yeah, we're just gonna like we're just fighters, you right. know. Like we, we have we wanna, we wanna each win.
1: Everybody wants to be the, the champion and go to WrestleMania. Oh but my gosh. but the tag team scene on SmackDown is great, I think. I the, this is the first time
0: like I was I I, I, I mounted a you know half hearted but but serious defense against the Charlotte Sasha title swapping. Normally, this kind of stuff doesn't bother me. I don't. I don't necessarily. I don't get bothered by you know the unwritten rules of wrestling booking the way that some people do. But I did react to that tag team title swap. I I, I almost went into that dark place, <laughs> um, just because I had said a million times like the, they're actually doing right by American Alpha by not putting them in the spotlight, and when they do finally win the title, it's going to mean that much more. Um, and that ended up being on like the Christmas episode of SmackDown, um, but. I don't I don't mind it that much, and they and and I and I do think this is the right feud, like you know, American Alpha versus the Wyatt family. It's a stark
1: right. contrast of this sort of vanilla, not vanilla in the the negative sense, but like traditional babyface team against this weird supernatural presence, and so it, they look good next to each other, and you can tell who who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. In the opposite uh, bucket is New Day versus. The Wyatt family, where it just felt strange that these comedy baby faces are wrestling this this weird heel team. Um, so I think it, it works well on that level, but I didn't like it. I didn't like the switch. I mean, I smiled because I liked that team, but I don't I think, think they're ready.
0: Yeah, no, I think that that's that's about right. I mean, it's some there, there's this you know WWE clearly does a thing sometimes where they'll put a belt on somebody just so when it matters they're already the chance you know it, it gives them legitimacy on the road to the ultimate legitimacy
1: I think Ambrose is in that in that uh, category yeah because now he's back in the mid card working in this feud with the Miz and that title switch almost seemed like well we just need someone to anchor the babyface side on Smackdown until Cena comes back so we need to put the title on this guy yeah and make him legitimate yeah, I
0: mean, I think that's WWE. I, I I did a I don't remember if I wrote this years ago or just d- conducted an interview that never got to print. But I remember talking to a, like a financial analyst who was a, who was who tracked WWE stock, and he was like, "What they need." This was at the the beginning of the rise of Daniel Bryan, so that long ago. And he was like, "They have CM Punk. They have, of course, they have John Cena. Maybe they have Daniel, but what WWE needs is five. They need five John Cenas, and it's really hard to balance the Catching lightning in a bottle versus like creating the stars because in the, in the modern era you can't really create the stars. Now you, I mean you could obviously they're creating Braun Strowman from you know scratch pretty well. Although not not from scratch he they they didn't make him six eight and three hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah,
1: he fits a template. You know there there are some guys where it's like here's the obvious way to build that person up. And with Braun Strowman he's massive, so just make him a a big scary dude. But with John Cena. They didn't know what he was going to be until sure. he did that Halloween episode yeah, where he dressed you know, up like a rapper. Just, yeah. And then that turned him into the biggest thing ever. With Austin, Austin sort of fell into his his character. The Rock fell into it. I don't think that they create stars so much as they understand when the right thing has been hit upon and then strap the rocket to their proverbial ass.
0: Yeah, I think that's totally true. Um I think that I think that there's some I mean, we we've talked enough about Braun Strowman. I think that there's like everybody I know is so into Braun Strowman right now, and I think that there's some. In some ways, he's the anti Roman Reigns because, um, well, because he is a in, in a lot of ways a traditional WWE type who who is getting that rocket. Um, but everybody's into him in a way, and I feel like I, my my theory is is because we know from WWE history that there's a ceiling. Right, no one is concerned that Braun Strowman is going to be a two-year world champion. You know, the, the, more than anything else, everyone's wonder, Everyone's concerned that he's gonna that he'll have a role once Roman Reigns squashes him. You know, Roman Reigns beats the crap out of him, or whatever. You know, that's what
1: I am expecting to be the the WrestleMania program there, for Roman.
0: There have been, with apologies to Dean Ambrose, who who came out this week uh, against spoilers. That is what <laughs> people seem to be. That that is one of the that is one of the rumors that I keep hearing is that they're building Braun up to to get to take on Roman at WrestleMania. Um, People have talked about that. I'm not breaking any news here. Um, But, yeah, so, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, but for what it is right now, they're doing a really good job with them. Now, speaking of spoilers, speaking of, you know, violating kayfabe in all these ways, we have to, before we get out of here, touch on, bring it to the table, the new, hopefully, ongoing WWE Network show starring my good friend... Peter Rosenberg, uh, along with uh, along with mostly starring Paul Heyman and JBL, it's sort of WWE's. Pardon the interruption. Basically, there, but it's the way that they're. I mean, the way that they're kind of tweaking with kayfabe. I don't know that there's a way to do this show without without sort of blurring the lines. But man, it was interesting. Yeah. What did you, what did you
1: think? Um, it's complicated because. I think it's a it's a show that, as fans of wrestling for years, we we've always wanted on television, is uh, the uh, you know having people talking about wrestling intelligently and, and without the artifice of the product. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's really hard to have a legitimate conversation about these things when it is a show that has to one sell the product. Yeah. And two, never denigrate. Anything about the product outside of kayfabe, so like if like JBL's uh, little monologue about James Ellsworth is a great example of that. So JBL sort of bounced back and forth between uh, James Ellsworth is a is a is a troglodyte and a slug, yeah. but also he did a great job in seizing his opportunity to be a WWE superstar. So he's he's in character and then he's out of character, but the ultimate. Conclusion that he makes is always going to be pro WWE. There's nobody that's on that show or, or will ever be on that show that's going to be like, you know what? I think that Seth Rollins turning babyface was a huge mistake. No one's gonna. I don't think that's that's gonna happen on that show. That doesn't mean that it can't be entertaining. It'll and be- I think Rosenberg was awesome on it, and he was the perfect guy to do it to break that barrier. Um, but at the same time, I just don't think it's ever going to be as it's not going to be the show that I want it to be and that's just that's fine there's no reason it was why closer it
0: to that show though than you would have ever expected that they 100% yes um, I think that I think everybody was I, I think all three people on that show were really wonderful I think JBO was sort of the breakout star for me because he was just it seemed he was just He's probably watched a lot of ESPN in his time. He knew, like, he was just hundred percent acquitted to be that to be the that character on that show. Yeah, and he did. He was. He did shoot. It felt like he was shooting more than Heyman. I think part of it's that Heyman is as the face of a wrestling company, and you know, as as, the, as a public figure in the wrestling world, as a manager for all the years that he was. He's he has been living. He's been living the work. More fully than anybody else around him for a longer period
1: of time. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the business since the seventies. You know, wh- yeah, taking pictures for Vince McMahon at Madison Square Garden, and like, he's been and he's been. Fi- I mean, fielding. I mean,
0: just in the modern era or in the past decade, has been out there doing PR for WWE and fielding questions like you know kayfabe violating questions on a daily basis. Yeah, you
1: know, in and out, and, um, and also he's still a, a a character on the show. JBL is an announcer, sure. so that he doesn't have to be selling an angle because he's not part of any yeah. of it. But Paul Heyman is specifically part of an angle, and you, there was a moment where Rosenberg was like leading uh, Heyman into saying something positive about Lesnar, uh-huh. and then he JBL like, "You don't need to. You don't right. need to set him up. He knows what he's doing. He's a master at selling the product, of course." And I think that's that's the thing that I'm concerned about because, I mean all those like the, the 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 big big debate shows on cable i won't name any of them but i'm sure a lot of them there's situations where they have to disagree and one of the people on the show has to take the a side that maybe oh, they don't sure. agree with so in in a sense those shows are worked in the way that wrestling is worked 100% so there's always going to be an element of the work on a show like that but at the same time i think it's the selling of the product That I want them to get away from. Like, I don't need them to be pushing WrestleMania or Survivor Series. I don't, I I agree with you on that
0: point. The flip, I mean, the other half of it, though, is that, I mean, the, like, if the way that, the way that Heyman put over John Cena, similar to the way that, the JBL put over Ellsworth, but, but Heyman Cena promo is just fire. Yeah. And that's, that's a version of putting over the product that I'm totally behind because it's a fresh take, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a different, and it is sort of a, it's sort of a shoot, you know, just like Heyman went after, the listeners of this show indirectly. I mean, the the, the <laughs> yeah. nerds on the internet took the took a beating, and I saw you know there were people online who were offended by that. Who you know what they're like you know we're your fan base. Quit making fun of us. But like you know, just the way that Rosenberg got got you know just the the way that Heyman and, and JBL were both messing with Rosenberg throughout the course of the show is really giving it to him. Um, calling it ribbing or whatever you want to say like that's like we wrestling
1: fans you know we we can take a we can take a helping of that too I would eat that up if I was in his position it would be an honor to be ribbed by people like that but I think it needs to be said John Cena is awesome yeah John Cena did things that that no one in the business had done before and you saw the reaction on Tuesday to him coming out. Yeah, people were chanting his name and, and not chanting Cena's. Well, Cena I, Sucks. Mean, to, I mean,
0: I mean to make the parallel, AJ Styles was like was working. I mean, was was getting as close to a work shoot as he you know as he's going to get. He and yeah. Cena have had that sort of tension, but to be like you know all the stuff he said about you you talk shit about the Rock and now you're the Rock, whatever. Except you're not as good. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like yeah, I mean that's blurring that line too. I think that the, what was most incredible to me about a, or most. Most interesting to me about about uh, bringing to the table was were just that the subjects were broached. You were sitting there watching, and you're like, "Oh, this is a fun wrestling roundtable discussion." Yeah. And then the sidebar was there, and you'd be like, "Wait, they're going to talk about that? <laughs> they're talk like, about they're, Bret
1: Hart? <laughs> yeah, they're like that.
0: Like, it, and it's like coming up, and you're just like, holy shit, what's going to happen?'" Yeah. Um, sure, there's a limit to what they're going to say, but at the same time, like, I don't think, I, don't, I mean, I don't think, I don't think JBL in particular, or even Heyman, were holding back because of kayfabe i mean i think they're more holding back because of just you know general
1: media you know like just the way that you have to act when you're on tv and you're not going to go out and insult your employer sure (laughs) that's a huge part that's always the tension with wwe right they they just they're with the network everything
0: everything is uh uh, everything is sort of swallowed up in itself so you can't there's a limit to what they're going to do but just the fact that they've that, that they were able to do what they did on that show, I mean, here hope
1: hope to God it comes back. Um, it's one of the most entertaining things that they've they've done so far, and it's easy. I mean, it's like it's the like the it's, cheapest thing possible. I'm not saying it's easy for what, they, but yeah, but
0: but money and production. Yeah. I mean, if the network were seventy-five percent legends roundtables, I would be watching more of the network. You know, like absolutely, if they, like those are my favorite things. Yeah. So I mean, so to do something like this, which really evokes that, except in a more urgent kind of contemporary way, I think is is really smart for WWE to do. Yeah. Any way that they can keep us, I mean, listen, they've they went all in on hardcore wrestling fans to keep this network afloat at the expense of maybe some casual fans. And this is the sort of show that we need to keep ourselves interested, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm gonna, I'll watch everything that's on the network, but for the most part, I need a reason to turn it on. Yeah. You know, just to hop up, just get on Apple TV and go that direction. And whether that's an episode of NXT that, like, I know is gonna be good or I'm excited about, or whether it's, you know, I'm halfway through breaking ground, you know, season one, and I want to, whatever it is. You know, you just, like, you need that thing to get you to turn on the app. Right. And this is a show that could do that for me. Um... Also, pay per views do that when you're, you know. Yeah, of course. You, go, you go straight from you go straight from the from roadblock to WrestleMania two or whatever. Two or three a month now, so we're always watching the network. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, you know, I hope that I hope that we evoked some of that just kayfabe breaking amazingness that that Bring It to the table did on the show today.
1: We did our best.
0: Uh, was uh I mean, is
1: there anything that we missed? Um, Wrestle Kingdom, we could obviously, yeah. I mean, we should, we should talk maybe a little bit about Goldberg, but I think we already hit Goldberg. Like, I mean, Gold, it's, it, he's, he comes in, he does his thing. I don't know if uh, his promo was as great as it could have been, but it was fine. I thought Rob was okay. I thought, yeah, I think
0: Goldberg is, oh, Bill on his podcast this week, I think it was a podcast with Cousin Sal this week, Bill Simmons, my boss, was, ta- they just, they're closing the Georgia Dome, and they were trying oh, to figure yeah. out what the best.
1: WCW won Nitro when yeah. he beat
0: Hogan. They're trying to figure out the biggest Georgia Dome moments, and they and, and he walked into my office yesterday, and he was just like, I think the consensus is that Goldberg beating Hogan
1: is like up, is either number one or in the top three. It was an incredible moment. It was maybe the greatest Nitro moment besides Hall coming out of the crowd. Yeah. Just in terms of satisfaction, the way that they set it up, the delivery of the match. It's,
0: it's funny cuz we were talking about the biggest the biggest pop in the Georgia Dome, not wrestling specific. And I was like it's probably that moment because wrestling has this thing you know, the whole crowd is trained as wrestling fans to sort of be expecting the finish and to know even if you're not 100% sure, like wrestling fans cheer on cue better than any sport because oh, yeah. the sport it's just like that was a game winning touchdown but maybe it's going to get called back. I couldn't see if his feet were in bounds like whatever. It's sort of it's more of a wave of cheering, you know? Totally. Um but yeah, it was a uh, yeah, it, it, that that moment was just was just incredible.
1: Yeah. It was a culmination of of a year of getting him to that point and Hogan laying down for him. You know, Hogan doesn't lay down for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh, but what I was going to say to bring it back around, the whole moment was incredible. Yeah. But that wasn't like the big pop, right? Because everyone was confused. Yeah, was, was like, like why is he there? Yeah, yeah. Very, very weird. Anyway... Farewell to the Georgia Dome and to all the wrestling uh, memories that it housed.
1: Yeah, speaking of uh, Bill Simmons' podcasts, he's got that sports movie podcast, and I really want them to do No Holds Barred. Oh, so thanks. if he's listening to this for whatever reason, No Holds Barred sports movie podcast. We got to
0: make that happen. Yeah, I mean, we can do we can do a crossover episode or something. It's one of the greatest movies of all time
1: a lot of <laughs> it is definitely the best movie of all time.
0: I watched some old wrestling movies over the holiday uh that are very hard that were very hard to get my hands on and I I think I'm going to have some stuff to talk about those soon. But the uh but yeah, I mean man, wrestling wrestling movies are just inherently so weird. Yeah. I I wrote about wrestling documentaries back at Grantland. Um my buddy Robert Green directed this documentary fake it so real which had a screening out here in LA. Um recently i mean even though it's years old and like the the wrestling like wrestling and documentaries go together because it's just sort of pulling back the curtain a little bit and that's yeah. what we as wrestling fans want to see but fictional wrestling <laughs> movies are just just on their face it's insane like why would you do that
1: only the wrestler has made it work because it was about the the business and the artifice of the business but if you watch body slam or no holds barred and they're trying to make it seem like it's real it just never works. It's very, as much very as I strange. love Dirk Benedict, I don't think body slam. I love
0: Dirk Benedict too, um, and you know I'm sure they're like, Dean Ambrose. Uh, again, I want to apologize to him for for spoiling things and breaking. <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> yeah, but, sorry. but yeah, I mean the, the the documentaries are definitely my way to go. Listen, we got to get out of here. Hype for the Royal Rumble. It's in a few weeks, and we'll continue talking about it over the next uh, you know several days and or coming weeks. Um, and, you know, uh, good job, SmackDown. Uh, polite kudos to Raw. Yeah, golf clap for Raw. And uh, and and honestly, best wishes for Del Rio and Paige. Yeah, please. Um, Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> once again, apologies to Dean Ambrose. Have a good week, humanoids.